Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're chatting with my good friend, coach, and returning guest. This is his third time on the show. His name is Ryan Horn. Uh, awesome guy. He's been a huge blessing to me in my business. Today, we talked about productivity and how you can be more productive. That's always, I'm a student of productivity. I need to learn how to take use. I want to use my time wisely. Each day is a gift. And I want to be wise with it. I want to accomplish things. I have things that God's placed on my heart to do. And I don't want to waste any, even a second. I want to be a good steward of my time. And Ryan talks about how you can do that. You're going to love this episode. Uh, he's There's links in the show notes for uh, how to reach out to Ryan if you want to get on a coaching call or learn more about coaching. Uh, we also talked about the Eisenhower Matrix, about how to look at tasks. If you have long to-do lists, um, this will be very helpful for you to be able to organize tasks according to their importance and urgency. Uh, this is an awesome episode. You're going to love it. Here it is. Ryan, welcome back to Streams of Income. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be back. Yeah, well, thank you for all that you do for me. I know that uh, you've been such a blessing, and I'll just say this publicly. And I owe you a testimonial. You've sent that to me a long time ago. Maybe this will be it, and I'll just record. We're recording this anyway. Um, I'll I'll do a separate one whenever you need. But you just helped me so much by keeping me accountable. So, guys, uh, Ryan, this has been on three times now. And he runs a coaching business and he reached out to me uh, several months ago, had me on his heart. We had a conversation and he is now my coach and just helps me uh, think through uh, my business, helps me stay accountable, which I need as an entrepreneur. It's, there's so many things going on that uh, to have somebody to talk things through with is so helpful. And to have somebody hold your feet to the fire say, Hey, Ryan, last week, you said you were going to do this. Did you get that done? And I'm like, no, I didn't. Well, why not? And uh, that is awesome for me. I think we all need that. Um, all of the people that are successful have coaches, right? I mean, you talked about, you told me about Tony Robbins, who has multiple coaches in multiple areas of his life. Now, maybe someday I will get there right now. Got one, but thankfully you're also, you help with fitness too, which is something I need. And I'm working on, I lost about 10 pounds. Thanks, thanks to showing me the way and hold, helping me stay accountable. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I mean, I, I love coaching and the reason I love it so much is because back when I first started out as an entrepreneur, my first about year and a half, two years in was a, a major struggle until I hired my first coach. Yeah. And so I love coaching, love helping people go to the next level. And I think the big thing with coaching is, uh, yes, you can do it on your own. And some people have varying levels of success, but you're never going to maximize your potential. Mm -hmm. What's that quote from Tom Landry? <laughs> Man, you're putting me on the spot right now. Um, so I can look it up. I can look it up <laughs> if you want me to. So I, I'll do my best. You should look it up and uh, fact check me here. But so sure. there's a great quote from Tom Landry, legendary uh, NFL coach. I got it. Um, See how okay. well you do. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Basically, I, I love this definition of of what coaching is. And so we'll we'll see if I can actually okay, get this. Cool. So so he says a coach is somebody that helps you uh man, I am totally blanking now. Helps oh, you I do what you said you want to do. Uh -huh. uh, so you can be who you said you want to be. Yeah, that's basically it. He, he's somebody who tells you what you don't want to hear 
who has you see what you don't want to see so you can be who you have always known you can be. I just thought you had it right there on your desk because you rattled off so many times to me. I should but actually have it right there on my That desk. was just so good. And it's like, man, that's that's what you need. It's like um, you told me on the, on the call that um, why do coaching? And you just said because a coaching, a coach will help you maximize your potential. And I need that. I, I feel like I've done well in business and I've not really – I've had mastermind groups before. And those are helpful, but there's something about getting on a call with a coach every week and just that person being able to get in your business and help. And it, you, what's cool about it too, you don't necessarily even have to know what my business is. I believe that I could be in some niche that you have no idea what that niche is and you could still coach that person because it's the way you do it. You ask great questions and it's getting that person to come to the answer by you asking those great questions and you, you can't do that yourself. You maybe do a measure of it, but you're what just really hit me hard was that like, I want to maximize my potential. I want to do what God has called me to do. And if having somebody along my side helps me get there faster, better, farther or whatever, I need that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great point because there is a difference between coaching and consulting. And mm. a lot of times mastermind groups or things like that, they're awesome. They're amazing. I've been a part of many of them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people are going to help you. Oh, well, hey, Ryan, you should try this strategy in your business or, hey, have you thought about this? And that's great. You need that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also, you need somebody pushing you and somebody that's going to make sure you actually go implement those things, right? Yes. As entrepreneurs, we have something I like to call a shiny object syndrome, right? Where there's like a hundred yes. great ideas coming at us every day. And it's like, oh, we want to go do all of them. And we want to you know, read all these books and do all these courses and do all yep. this stuff. And it's great, but you're you're never going to reach your true potential and, and really you know, what has God called you to do. Yes. And then you got to block out some of that other stuff, which can be very challenging. I know from personal experience as sure. well. Um, but yeah, so great, great. Um, kind of overview of coaching yeah i love it well thank you for what you do for me but uh, we're here we didn't again literally right before we hit record like what are we going to talk about i know it's about productivity i had no idea we'd go into all that but that's good so if you guys need a coach especially if you are well tell me real quick who are you looking for who are the type of people that are a good fit for you let's just make that plug and then we'll talk about how you can be more productive in your business absolutely so what i do is i help high-performing kingdom businessmen maximize their potential so they can grow their business, lead their family and build the kingdom. Mm, that's awesome. So if that's you, reach out to me. <laughs> okay. And they just, what? how do you want them to reach out to you? Um, I think probably the best way would be um, just go fill out an application to see if you're a great fit. So I will, uh, I'll give you the link, Ryan, Perfect. if we're done. Can, yeah, no problem. I'll put that in the show notes. But okay, so recently you just did a challenge about productivity, and I am a student of it. I totally have not mastered it. Um, I just there's always room to be more productive, and so just tell us about that, and just give us all those tips, and I'll just let you run with it. I'll interject if I need to, or ask a question or whatever. But um, yeah, just tell us how to be more productive in our business. Absolutely. So I'm going to do kind of two different things here. Number one, I'm going to talk about kind of some foundational stuff that I think is really important that some people might be like, oh yeah, I already know that, or uh, that's kind of boring, whatever, but it's super important. I was just, uh, I just heard somebody talking the other day about coach John Wooden, which if you don't know who that is, probably the greatest coach, regardless of sport of all time, Mm. one 
I don't even remember, 10, 11 NCAA national championships in basketball. Um, amazing coach. If you've never read any of his books, or you don't know anything about him, you should definitely go do a deep dive. But he would literally drill in the fundamentals over and over and over again. Like day one of practice, he would literally teach them how to put their socks on so they didn't get blisters, right? And then we're talking <laughs> about the greatest coach of all time. Right. So, <clears throat> so we're going to talk a little bit about some fundamentals and some things that you might be like, oh, yeah, Ryan, I already know that. But I would encourage you, number one, to instead of saying, oh, I already know that, ask yourself a question and say, am I actually applying that? Mm. A lot of things that we know, there's a lot of things that I know, sure. but I'm not actually applying it. Right. So it's like my weight uh, loss journey. It's like, I know what to do. It's not like I haven't heard that, you know, eat, don't exactly. eat Doritos every day, you know, but like, am I applying <laughs> that? And I don't, not that I eat Doritos every day. I have it very, 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 very rarely. Um, but you know, it's example uh, in that journey yeah. of losing weight. We, we, everybody knows what to do. It's hard to implement though. Sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where coaching comes in because it's a lot of people, especially in today's day and age, like you can pretty much figure out how to do just about anything. You can at least find a strategy that will probably work to some degree. It might not be the greatest strategy, but if you just implemented that, you would probably be ahead of, you know, 99% of people out there. Right. So, um, so first of all, let me just say, if you want the ultimate productivity hack, it is getting a coach. Mm. Um, but kind of a, a deeper dive into that. And, and some of the things that I do with my coaching clients to start off with um, that I think is really foundational is number one, getting clarity. Because when you don't have clarity, here's here's something that I've found. When you have a lack of clarity, you have a lack of certainty. And mm. when people have a lack of certainty, they tend not to take a lot of action. But when you do have clarity, when you're crystal clear on where you're at and where you want to go and what the next steps are, that mm-hmm. tends to give people a lot of certainty. And when you have certainty, you're going to take more action, just plain and simple. So it sounds really simple, right? Oh yeah, I should be more clear. But again, if you're finding yourself procrastinating on something or not taking action, that's where I would look first. How clear are you on where you actually want to go yeah. and also why you actually want to go there, right? Uh, because lack of certainty is uh, one of the biggest things I think that stops people in their tracks and they just procrastinate on it or or they go and do something that they are more certain about something they're certain that they can do well right and especially entrepreneurship in the business world you're gonna have to do some things that are uncomfortable and that you're uh probably not super skilled in especially in the beginning so i think that is very very important so getting a clear vision and then also breaking it down into some clear goals because there is a difference between vision and goals as well a vision should be something that's big bold and exciting gets you out of bed in the morning gets you excited to go and uh work on whatever area uh, you're working on but then goals is how do we break it down into a little bit more practical steps right so to me vision is three years five years or more into the future Uh and it's more of the dream. What is the ideal? What would life look like if it was absolutely exactly the way you wanted it in every single area? And keep that in front of you on a daily basis, because that's going to keep you excited. But if you're just excited and you just have the vision, you're not really going to break it down into practical steps. You're not going to do anything. So having actual goals is super important as well. I like to use the acronym SMART. So specific, measurable, aligned with your values, realistic, and time-based. So make sure your goals fit, um, uh, or filter through that acronym uh, is very, very important as well. Uh, Because again, when you're vague on things and you're just kind of like, it's not very clear, 
then you're not going to take as much action, if any action whatsoever. Mm. Right? There's a great quote. I don't remember where I heard this, uh, but fuzzy goals don't get hit. Ooh, right? That's good. Yes. Yeah. So fuzzy goals don't get hit. So if your goals are fuzzy, I mean, imagine if you're, you know, looking through the scope of a, a rifle or something, you're about to shoot a target, yeah. but so fuzzy, you can't even really see the target. Can't yeah. see the bullet. What are the chances that you're going to hit that? Probably not very good, right? Yeah. What about real quick? Like, so even just being transparent with my journey, you know where I'm at. We just had a coaching call. Um, I'm in a stage of transition and some of the goals are fuzzy. Do Would you say that that's okay for a time? Because you're trying to figure out what are we doing here? Um, like talk to the person who's like uh, not quite sure um, or also the person who has like a vision board for example i'm looking at some things on my vision board and i have no idea how i'm going to get to some of these so i, I leave room for the supernatural for god like it's like god these are things i'd love to do i don't even have any idea how i'd put a goal to that or maybe it's somebody's looking for a new house i see where you could put a goal to that so like okay i want a new house what type of house what's that going to cost Okay. And then that maybe you can break that down to, I need to make this much in my business to get there. But there are some things on there. It's like short of a miracle from God, or, you know, that's just not going to happen in my own effort, or I don't see how that's going to happen in my own effort. Um, and I like some of that, but it can't be all that. Otherwise you're just not going to get anywhere. Absolutely. So I, I yeah, I, there's kind of a lot to unpack there. And you don't have We're to go there. I don't want to do derail uh, you. Oh, no, no, this is good. This is good. So first of all, I would say on our coaching call, that's why I was asking you clarifying questions a lot. Yeah. It is going to be messy sometimes and you're not going to be able to go, oh, okay, this is exactly the next step. And you know, this is exactly where I want to go, et cetera. You can do your best. Yeah. But another great quote <laughs> that I love, uh, this comes from uh, one of my friends, Riley Meek. He says that action brings clarity. Yeah. So if you're not clear on something, you just got to start taking action because you're not going to, sometimes you're not going to think your way into being hundred percent clear. That's right. It's just not going to happen. So if you're feeling stuck and you're like, okay, well, I don't know. I don't have exact clarity on this and I don't know exactly what the next step is. Well, guess what? There's going to be times where that's the case. And the only yeah. way to figure it out is just to go start taking action. Just yeah. go do your best guess and start taking action. Cause when yeah. you get in action, I, I mean, you're going to get clarity that you cannot get by just sitting there and trying to think about it or, you know, asking your friends their opinion and things like that. So yeah. I think really, really key is so that for you, like that might be like, if you were back up several years to the beginning of your coaching journey and you're trying to figure out who am I serving, take on a client and you're going to find out like, Ooh, that I didn't like this client. <laughs> Why yes. don't I like this client? Because they're just not a fit for me for very, that gets clarity. It gives you clarity of like who you don't want to serve. I am not right. a good fit for this type of person. So that further help. And some people may already know at the bigger you get, I am out to serve this person. So go find these people. But if you are unclear, just do something, talk to somebody, get a client for your social media business, your website business. You're going to find pretty quickly whether or not that's a fit. And, and it's okay to fire a client, you know, and just say, Hey, yes. we're, not, we're not, this is, you know, you're awesome, but you know, I just don't feel like we're, we're compatible. <laughs> Absolutely. 100% agree. That is the best thing that you can do because my coaching has gone through tons of iterations, right? Okay. And yeah. constantly clear. And I don't think you're ever going to arrive and be like, okay, this is 100% exactly what I'm going to do, who I'm going to serve for the next 30 years, right? right. It's going to 
changing. Yes. Um, that's a great point. Just get out there and go start taking action. Start serving somebody in the area that you think, and you are going to get, you're going to get feedback either, whether it's, yes, I love this. Let me do more of it. Or this is not what I was expecting. I do. Right. right? Absolutely. So I literally just on a coaching call with one of my clients yesterday, who's he's starting a coaching business. And we went through that exact mm. um, conversation, right? Because he wanted to get uh, like, oh no, I need to get even more clear on this. And I was like, you can, but you might end up wasting a bunch of time. And then you go sure. start coaching this person and realize that that's not what you want to do anyway. So just yeah. go start coaching somebody like that right now. And then yeah. get some feedback. And then is that right. why you might like, if you were had to start all over again, um, you might say, let's not sign a 12 month contract. Let's do three months to give you some time to for both of you to see if it's a fit. Yeah. So, uh, so a while back in my coaching, like I literally, so I, I haven't, I don't talk about this very much, but years ago, there was a, a short period of time where, uh, I, my coaching was specifically helping men improve their marriages. Mm. And when I started with that. I wasn't sure where I was going to go, how deep I wanted to get into it. So I didn't offer any long-term coaching. It was like six weeks or four yeah. weeks or eight weeks or something. And some of those people it turned into, they ended up going longer, but yeah. I was only doing that for maybe about six months because once I started taking action and, and coaching people, I found out a couple of things. Number one, that um, I didn't actually like it as much as I thought. And sure. number two, the only guys that actually wanted help in their marriage were the ones that were like hanging by a thread. Like oh, they're man. like, already moved out or said she wanted a divorce or that it's in yeah. process. And like, it was very stressful. It was awesome. There's lots of great things that came from <laughs> it. And I got able to serve people a lot, but yeah. I literally felt like my life was living in a soap opera. <laughs> like I'm not, <laughs> not kidding. Like I would go up and have lunch with my wife and be like, okay, yep. This is what happened here. And in this one here. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Very interesting. I learned a lot, but yeah. I, realized very quickly that that was not what I was going to be doing long-term. Um, so great wow. of that. Just get out there and take some action. And you'll Just figure do it out. Just do it. Okay. So back to productivity. Sorry. Try not to re derail this again, but I, you know, I, I come up. So what beauty of having a podcast, I think about things that will help me. So I ask those questions, but I want this to be, you know, I want to learn how to be more productive. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so in a nutshell, that's clarity, right? Yep. You want to get as much as you can, but don't dwell on it if you're like, oh, I don't know exactly what the next step is or yeah. you know, I don't have a clear goal for this. Just start taking action and you will get more clear, uh, yes. no doubt. But I think that kind of the second foundational part is being clear is really important. That's really good. Mm -hmm. But you also need to be committed to following through. So this is another area where I think people, they don't spend enough time. It's, you know, they maybe just get really excited about something because, you know, they saw something or they watched a training on it or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go do this. And then, you know, they do it for like a week and they're like, oh, okay, this isn't working out the way I wanted and whatever. And then they quit, right? Mm. It's better than not doing anything, right? Because at least you went and took some action and tried something and figured something out. But uh, getting committed is if you want to follow through and you have, want to have long-term results, you have to be committed mm. to the process, right? Yeah. Whether that's whatever that is. And it could be committed to something bigger, like that you're committed to being a full-time entrepreneur. That doesn't mean you're committed to doing it X, Y, Z way or being a coach or whatever. Right. Uh, but 
if you're not committed, you will quit. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I like to break down commitment kind of into three different things. So focus, accountability, and leverage. So what you focus on on a daily basis is very important. It's either going to make you more committed or less committed. And if you're not focused on anything in particular, well, there are uh, advertisers that are paying billions yes. of dollars to get you to focus on things, right? And that is you going around in a circle and trying to do a hundred different things at once. So focus is really important. A couple big things that you, you already mentioned, one of them, having a vision board, I think is really important. So something that you're focused on of what is your vision, um, writing out a declaration letter. So similar to your vision board, but you're actually writing it out. What is it that you actually want mm. in every area of your life and make it exciting. Right. And then, uh, you know, this Ryan, I think, uh, Creating an audio version of that is very, very powerful. So you can listen to it. And I know you've you put some music to yours as well. So you're a step ahead of me. Um, but that's really powerful, right? Because it's going to change your focus. If you're putting that in front of yourself, you're listening to that every single day, then you're going to be reminded of what you want and why you want it. Versus yeah. you know, it's great to write out a vision, but if you never look at it again, it's not going to be that helpful. What do you think about people? I've heard people say, uh, write out their goals every day. And I know people that do that. Do you feel like that's a good exercise, kind of like the declaration letter or not? I definitely think it can be because it's mm-hmm. just bringing more awareness to it, right? Which is mm-hmm. kind of like what I'm talking about, focus. Yeah. But yeah. wherever you focus, uh, there's another great quote. I think this is Tony Robbins, where focus goes, energy flows, Ooh. right? So whatever you're focused on, you're going to put your energy towards. Mm-hmm. So focused on a hundred different things, it, you're not going to be very productive, sure. right? So I could definitely see where writing out your goals every day, you're going to be more focused on that. You're going to be more aware of it. And you're probably going to be more productive just by doing that. Um, And then there's something I call my power questions. Uh, Six questions to ask every day takes less than five minutes. And to me, I would say probably is like doubled my productivity. A lot of people I work with would say the same thing, especially if you do it on a regular basis. So without getting into all the questions and everything, essentially, it's helping to rewire uh, your focus. So you're thinking about things that you're grateful for, things that you have achieved, special moments in your life. And then probably the, the last question that I will say is what are your top three outcomes for the day, right? So that you have a clear focus because we all have a hundred things that we want to get done every day, right? But first of all, it's not going to happen. You're never going to get through your entire to-do list. Mm-hmm. Um, so focusing on what are the three most important things that by the end of the day, if I just got these three things done, I would feel like I moved the needle forward yeah. in a meaningful way. Sometimes right? that's so, so I- hard though. It's like, <laughs> you, if you have a long to-do list, it's hard to focus it down to the three most important. Maybe not for everybody else, but for me, sometimes it is hard. And then it's like those tasks that get constantly, I use Trello, those tasks that get moved over from day to day and just never get done. And it's like, okay, then why is this even on my board? Is this even important? Should I to totally get rid of it? Should I delegate it? Um, should I just make time and schedule it? Like, obviously it's not super important if it keeps getting moved down the, the list. Um, I don't know if anybody else can identify with that, but that sometimes can be a challenge to me. Absolutely. So here in a minute, I'm going to talk about something called the, the Eisenhower matrix. Yes. Some people know it as the, the millionaire time matrix, uh, yeah. but that is going to help you out with that, where you can put everything on your to-do list into one of four different buckets Mm -hmm. so you can start to clarify and that alone will will really help you but we'll get to that here in a minute all right go for it sorry Uh, 
but but that's the power questions. Very important. Yes, it can be a little bit tricky to try to figure out what your top three outcomes are. The more you do it and the more you ask yourself that question, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting back to commitment. So that's focus, accountability. So we already talked about this in the opening of it. It's huge because to me, accountability is the missing bridge between information and application, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of people that know a lot of information, but they're not applying it. Yeah. Right. Why are you not applying it? Because you don't have accountability. You're mm-hmm. trying to be accountable to yourself, or maybe you're trying to uh, have friends or somebody be your accountability partner. That's better than nothing, but it's the best kind of accountability is 100% professional accountability. Yeah. What would you do if you couldn't afford a coach? If you're just starting your business and you couldn't afford to have a coach, how would you build that accountability into your new coaching business? Absolutely. So the first thing that I would say is, you're probably asking yourself a bad question. If, mm. if you're saying, oh, I can't afford a coach, right? This is what I told myself and why I put off doing a free coaching call for a year and a half. That's good. Um, and what I found out was that I couldn't afford not to have a coach. Yes. But here's one of the biggest things that I would say, if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner or you want to be one, this mm. is probably my number one lesson that I have learned mm. is that it's never about resources. It's always about resourcefulness. Mm. because if you want it bad enough, you will find a way. Yeah. So yes, there definitely are things you can do. You can go find somebody else that also is in business and, you know, try to get them to help you out. I've done things like that before too. It's definitely going to be better than nothing. But what I would say is get resourceful and and find a way to do it. Go sell some stuff on eBay or something (laughs) and get hire your coach. That's good. Exactly. Because here's here's the thing. Like if you framed it a little bit differently, like let's say that you were in jail and bail was set for 10 grand and you're not going to get out until you get 10 grand. Like, would you find a way to get resourceful to get that 10 grand? My yeah. guess is probably yes. You would come up with all kinds of ways that you never would have thought of before, right? Yeah. So when you ask yourself a bad question, it kind of turns off your brain and the creativity. So I would say ask yourself a better question. How can I? How can I? it versus I can't afford it. Good. Right? You say I can't afford it. You just turned off your brain and you're not, you're going to find all the ways why you can't. So true. Uh, so many people yeah. live there in that state, man. Mm. Absolutely. So ask yourself a better question. You're going to get a better answer. And that applies to any area of your life. Um, <clears throat> so that's what I would say regarding that. But of course there are three things that you can do, but if you really want to level up, find a way to get resourceful and make it happen. Yep. Let's say. And then kind of um, so that's accountability, which obviously is very important. Um, and then leverage. So getting leverage on yourself. If you if you get enough leverage on yourself, you can get yourself to do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, that kind of goes back to the example I, I talked about. If if you were in jail, right, you got a lot of leverage because you don't want to be there and you want to get out, right? Versus if somebody just, one of your friends just said, hey, can I borrow 10 grand? Well, let's assume it's somebody that you barely even know. Like, right. you're not going to have a lot of leverage to right. want to do that, right? So how do you get leverage on yourself? Ultimately, there's only two reasons anybody does anything. Avoid pain or gain pleasure. So once you understand that, you, you can use that to powerfully get leverage on yourself and get yourself to follow through on all this stuff that you know and the things that you know that you should be taking action on, right? And there's a whole process that I take people through, Ryan, you know about this, of getting leverage on yourself by walking through, well, what's the potential pain and what's the potential pleasure of uh, 
following through on these things or not following through. So yeah. that's super important as well. But just kind of recap, clarity and commitment are two absolutely huge cornerstones, I think. They're fundamental. And so I would not skip over that because there's lots of great like shiny object like, oh yeah, you should, you know, here's a great productivity hack. And some of those things are awesome. Yeah. I'm going to share a couple of those things here, but I would say, make sure that you're locked in and really clear and really committed first, because otherwise you can have the greatest strategy in the world, but you're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's so good. And I love what you, that, uh, getting leverage on yourself. So real quick, if I could explain that for people to give them a quick golden nugget would be think about like your dreams and your goals. And then what, if those things happen, what would your life be like? What would those emotions be like? If, if you had that house or you had the businesses bringing in the money that you get, you have the freedom to take your family to Disney world anytime you want, whatever your whatever gets you excited, think about those things. And that might motivate you. Conversely, let's say losing weight. Let's say that you, if you take no action on your, on your, let's say you're 50 pounds overweight. Uh, what does it look like if you continue on the same path? Well, you know, you on a coaching call with me, you were talking about, you know, you had me describe if you took no action and you're way overweight or whatever, um, it might be, you know, disease and not being healthy for when my son's older and, you know, just those things. And you paint a picture of, Ooh, that's how do you feel in that? Like awful. Like, and, and it's not like you have to take massive effort necessarily. It's just, what can you do today to get closer to that? the pleasure goal versus and try to avoid the pain. And some people are motivated with different ones, right? Like some people might be more motivated with what would happen if they reach their goal. And some people more motivated with, Ooh, I definitely don't want that. Cause that's the pain it will cause if I don't do anything. Yeah. In general, I would say people are far more motivated to avoid pain than mm -hmm. to gain pleasure. Okay. Which, so in general, you don't want to be walking around thinking about all the, these negatives and like, oh, I have to do this because otherwise this is going to happen. Right. But in a short burst, like we do on a coaching call, it can be very, very powerful. Can. Yes. Right? So, yeah, so that's that's kind of the the recap on that. But you can go very, very deep in that. Sure. And on coaching calls, as you know, yeah. I, I got very deep on it, um, <clears throat> but definitely very powerful. Um, so specifically, I, I mentioned the Eisenhower matrix before, and I don't know if President Eisenhower came up with this, but it's definitely a system that he used while he was president. Um, I don't know exactly where it came from. And I want to find people. out while you're talking. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so this is going to be kind of a, uh, it will be good if people have a visual because it can be a little bit confusing trying to explain it without seeing a visual. But basically, the power of this is you can take everything on your to-do list and put it into four different buckets and it will help you clarify, okay, what is actually important? What's not important? What should I delegate? What should I just not even do at all? Or what should be pushed back and what needs to happen right now? <clears throat> so essentially, um, if you had a sheet of paper, you would divide it into four, right? So four quadrants. So the upper left quadrant is these are things that are urgent and that are important right? So these are things that you should do first. And sometimes this is stuff that like your kid falls and breaks their arm. Okay. Well, it's urgent and important that you go take them to the hospital, right? So there are things that you can't avoid that, right? Like 
things are just going to come up in life. Things yeah. are going to happen. You're going to have to deal with it. Right. And I'm going to share my screen real quick because I found it online. For those watching the video, you can see this and I'll post a link to one of these in the show notes for those of you that are just listening. Yes. Perfect. So that's definitely going to be very helpful for people to actually see the visual. But as I said, right, urgent and important. Sometimes you can't avoid that, right? So having a deadline on something that maybe you procrastinated on, okay, now it's urgent and important, right? Um, but if you're proactive, you can avoid a lot of stuff there where it's not like, oh my gosh, well, I have to do this, right? Classic example would be, um, I don't know if anybody else has ever done this, but <laughs> I definitely did this when I was in college, right? You have a paper due and it's like, it's due three weeks from now, but you wait yep. until the next before. Well, oh, yeah. guess what? It was it was important before, but it wasn't urgent, right? right. The night before, it suddenly becomes urgent and important, right? Yep. And um, and you also have going back to what we we're talking about with leverage, right? It's you want to avoid the pain of walking into class the next day and not having it done and getting an F or whatever the consequences are going to be, right? Yep. So, <clears throat> moving over to uh, the upper right quadrant, there are things that are not urgent but are important. So this is by far, I would say pretty much everybody I've ever coached, this is by far the area where people can improve the most. Because again, if it's not urgent, but it is important, this is the stuff that gets pushed back and pushed push back and like, oh, I'll do that next week. I'll do that next week. Yeah. It's five years later and you still haven't done it, right? Yeah. So this could be a wide variety of things depending on who you are and, and whatever, but it could be exercise for some people. It could be date night with their wife for some people. It could be something important in your business. It could be writing a book for your business, right? It's like, oh yeah, I really want to write a book. I know I have the ideas. I know it'd be super helpful for my business, but there's no urgency with it, right? There's no deadline. You know, there's no boss telling you, hey, I want this done in six months. There's no, like, unless you have a book deal, there's no real deadline of, hey, you have to have it done by this time, right? So I know lots and lots of people that have told me, hey, I want to write a book. And it's five years later and they haven't even started it yet. So, um, so I would really look at this one and what are things that are really important to you, whether it's in business or life, but it's not urgent. So you just keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Right. So these are things, as it says on here, you want to schedule, you want to get this in your schedule because otherwise it's not going to happen plain and simple. And then we have the bottom left. So things that are urgent, but they're not important. Mm. Right. So these are things that if possible, you want to delegate, or you can also, these are the things where it's okay to put it off to next week or next month or whatever, right? Because you want to be spending your time on the things that are most important. So a lot of people get caught up doing a bunch of stuff that they should either not be doing themselves. You should either delegate it or it doesn't have to happen yet, but you're doing it. And this kind of goes back to what I said before too, when you're not really clear on what is important, and what is urgent, you might end up just spending a bunch of time down in this quadrant doing stuff that you shouldn't even be doing or that you should do next week or next month, right? And then the last one, bottom right, is things that are not urgent and that are not important. <laughs> so as it says on there, things that you should delete or eliminate, right? It's distractions, it's stuff that is unnecessary. This is like checking your email 45 times a day or just going on social media just because you don't have anything else planned, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the quick breakdown on Good. the Eisenhower matrix. And I actually, um, 
I pulled up a, a slide from a training I did a while ago on this yeah. too, just to go a little bit deeper because yeah. I think this is important too. So, um, so not urgent and not, not important things. Those are things that are, you should try to eliminate, try to delete. Right. But that is the zone of distraction. Mm. So that's a lot of times where we go and we're stressed out or when we want to do something that requires no thinking, right? You just want to watch TV. You just want to scroll through social media, whatever you're going and eating just because you're not hungry, but you're just bored or something. Yes. Right. Like, so that is the zone of distraction. You want to try to eliminate that as much as possible, obviously. Uh, then if we look back at things that are urgent and not important, so that's the zone of delusion. All right. <clears throat> so again, people that are stressed out a lot, spend a lot of time in this area because they're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. And they end up just trying to do 400 things, but most of them are not productive. Again, it's stuff that they probably shouldn't even be doing themselves or they shouldn't be doing right now. Right. It's like, oh, I really need to make money in my business. And then they end up spending four hours trying to design a logo or work on their website or something. Right. Probably not the most important thing. Right. Um, but again, if you spend a lot of time in this area, you're not really going to get anything significant done or fulfilling done. These are the people that are constantly, constantly making to-do lists and they're always feeling interrupted by things that feel urgent, right? Like somebody texts you and you immediately check your phone or you get a notification on social media and immediately you're on there looking at it, right? Um, then if we go back to things that are urgent and important, this is the zone of demand, right? Mm. Things that have to be dealt with. And again, there's going to be things regardless, doesn't matter how proactive you are that are going to come up, right? An emergency happens, like you have to take care of that, right? But if you're proactive and you anticipate important things, it is going to drastically lessen the amount of time that you have to spend there. But then the last one, so the upper right, the most important one, in my opinion, things that are important, but not urgent. Again, this is where people do not spend a lot of time, but they should. This is the zone of fulfillment. Mm. So again, example, like exercising regular, regularly, taking your wife out on a date regularly, right? Personal development, working on yourself, uh, working on your business instead of just in it, right? Instead of, oh my gosh, okay, fulfillment, I have to do this, this, and this. It's taking a step back and going, okay, where do I actually want this to go uh, long-term, right? So this could be writing out a your vision statement would definitely fall in this category, right? It's like people will say, oh, I'm too busy. I don't have time to do that. But how important is that? On a scale of one to 10, that's like a 10, knowing where you're going and why you're going there. Um, so it's very, very important. And so the, oftentimes these are actions that we know they're important, but we never get to them because we're too busy, quote unquote. And ultimately, if you're not spending a lot of time in this area, you're probably not going to be feeling very fulfilled. You're probably going to be very stressed and feeling like you're really, really busy and doing a lot, but not really going anywhere fast. So hopefully that's a that's a good breakdown and, and seeing the visual of the Eisenhower matrix is pretty powerful. But what I would do if I were you is take your to-do list and literally put everything on there in one of those four buckets. That alone is massively going to help you to realize that, okay, well, 90% of the stuff on there is not that important or not urgent right? So that alone will just help you because you'll realize, okay, there's actually probably only like three, four or five things that are important and yeah. either urgent that I got, uh, that I have to do right now, or that I need to get scheduled for the very near future. 
So that's that's the cool breakdown of the Eisenhower Matrix. And by the way, I looked that up, and it looked like, according to this website, it said that Stephen Covey actually took Eisenhower's words and used them to develop this matrix. Wow, I did not know that. So, so if that's correct, that's kind of cool to know. But I, mean, I think it would be cooler if his Eisenhower actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think those are uh, some really powerful things that Absolutely. if you do those things, if you get clear, if you get committed, if you get coaching, a lot of times those are things that are holding people back. Those are foundational. Yeah. But then also, you know, jumping into what are some specific things I can do right now? Go, go look up the Eisenhower matrix, go put your to-do list into one of those four categories. So yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's That's really good. Fun. And I know I've talked to you about this before, and I wonder if this is similar to other entrepreneurs, if they're this way or not, but coming from, you know, I worked a regular job from the time I, you know, high school all the way up until uh, 2008. And so you get in a mode of, working 40 to 60 hours a week. And when you become an entrepreneur, that can either be way more. Now I don't, I don't work that much. My mind's always on. So kind of working, I guess, but I, I kind of feel sometimes if I'm only working 30 hours that I'm lazy and there should be, I should be doing other things and there's always stuff you could do, but can you talk about that person who feels like they've, they're in the mode of like, I need to work 40 or 50 hours. Well, you may not really need to. If you can get to a point in your business where you've delegated stuff, you can only work on that. You can work on those most important things and it doesn't need to be 30 hours. You may be able to do your business, run your business in 10 hours and now you've got free time. But then sometimes you feel like, man, I should be doing something and you feel, <laughs> feel guilty. Yeah. So I can definitely relate. I've been on, on both sides of that. Like I used to have zero boundaries and just basically work 24 seven. It was uh -huh. mixed all together with my personal life and business. There was no separation. Uh -huh. and <clears throat> so I think number one is set up some boundaries. Yeah. Uh, Good. So set up some boundaries, whatever that looks like. And you're probably going to need to change them, but just start mm -hmm. by setting something, whether that's for me, it's 8am to 5pm. Does that mean I work from 8am to 5pm every day? Definitely not. Does that mean I work before or after those hours sometimes? Yes. But just having the boundaries in general mm. is really important. It's really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, I do coaching calls on certain days of the week. Yeah. Um, doing things like that, I think is really important. But the reason most people are in business is because they want more time and money freedom, yes. right? So one of the biggest advantages about having a business is, hey, my kid has a, a soccer game on Thursday at 1 p.m. and I can go to it, right? I don't have to ask my boss for time off or, oh, I don't have any vacation days left or whatever. So I think, first of all, remember why you're in business yeah. in this place. Um, there are people I know that are making millions and millions of dollars every year that are working 80-hour weeks and they don't need to. Right. But sometimes people get in the habit of that and it's and, and not a healthy 70, 80 hours a week. Right more because maybe things aren't great in their marriage or relationship with their kids or something. So they spend more time in their business to try to get away from yeah. that. You don't want that, obviously. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. I think it depends on your season of life as well. I mean, if you're, sure. you know, you have three young kids all under the age of five that are all at home, well, you're probably going to want to try to work less so you can spend more time with them. Your wife probably is going to want more help um, in things like that, right? 
but you may be in a season where you're just launching something, you're launching something new, and it's going to require for a short period of time, the first couple months, whatever, that you're putting in 60-hour weeks, 70-hour weeks, maybe whatever, right? So I think being able to be flexible is important. Knowing where you're at and what you want is critical because, <clears throat> again, people get caught up in habits and, and yeah. patterns. It's like, well, I always work 70 hours a week, so it doesn't matter that I'm making this much money or that I don't need to or whatever. I'm just going to keep working 70 hours a week. But I think the biggest thing is this. If you feel like, oh, well, I'm only working 20 hours a week. I don't know. I feel like maybe I should be doing more. What I would say is, are you progressing? Mm. Are you making progress? Because the big thing is that God created us to continuously improve and continuously make progress. So this is why a lot of people, when they retire, they struggle a lot because all of a sudden, like they have no purpose. They're not really doing anything. They they don't have any goals. They're not taking action towards something bigger than themselves. Yeah. So what I would say is during those 20 hours, however many hours per week you're working, do you feel like you're making meaningful progress? Mm. Are you getting better? And are you progressing in your business and how you're helping people or whatever that looks like? Or is it just kind of a stagnant, like, you know, I, I work 20 hours, but I don't feel like I'm actually making a difference. It's not fulfilling. That's what I would look at. Yeah, that's good. I think one thing also that you helped me out a ton with is just helping me get things scheduled. Um, sorry, Callan's being, uh, being six, um, is getting things scheduled. So looking at the goals, what do I need to accomplish? And then you always say, okay, when are you going to do that? So you make me like, look at my calendar. Okay. Ryan, I want to do that Tuesday at three o'clock. And so that's uh that's very it's been very very helpful. Yeah, that's a <clears throat> that's a great point because it's good to come up with okay by the end of the week you know this is what I want to do I'm going to you know message these ten people or whatever. But if you don't have it locked in your calendar, for most people, most of the time, it's not going to happen or it's just yeah. going to be very easy to it's just vague. So it's like oh, okay, well, yeah, I'm not going to do it today because I ha- I'm too busy or whatever. Sure. So getting th- locked in your schedule is yeah. is very important yeah. as well absolutely yeah ryan thank you so much any other parting words you want to say about anything um i mean i i think i think the last thing that i would say is just that if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner it's important to remember that failure is not final it's mm-hmm. actually yeah. a stepping stone to success yeah. Because you know, we were just talking about this briefly on our, our call before we jumped on this, right? That it's the entrepreneurial life. It can be very up and down. And you know, one day it's great. One day it feels like the sky is falling. So right. just all to remember that that is that's pretty normal. It is. Um, and uh, that you're going to have to a lot of times fail your way to success, right? Try a bunch of stuff that's not working and course yes. correct, you will be successful. So, so it's, good. it's at the end of the world. If you try something that doesn't work, great. Then you figured out what didn't work, right? So you're one step closer to success. Absolutely. Good words. Well, let me know when you want to come back on. You're always a wealth of information. Like look, I took a ton of notes right here. Um, <laughs> it's helpful to me. So appreciate uh, your sharing some awesome golden nuggets. Absolutely. I'll be on again. (laughs) Bye bye, everyone. See you next week.